God, I thank you for this chance to get together tonight um, in person to teach uh, truths to these kids. God, I pray that they listen, they pay attention. Um, as we see that there's hope for us, uh, that this, this life is not the end. That you're there, work for us. Uh, when, when times are hard, God, and we thank you for that. Let's pray tonight as we uh, said, listen, God, we listen to what you have for us, the, the teachings, the truths, not from me, it's not anything about me, God, but it's all about you. Shame I pray. Amen. All right, so we are on the uh, I Am series. We've been doing it uh, for a few weeks now uh, on, uh, on Zoom, and it is fantastic to be teaching you guys like this again. This is, I love this a whole lot better. Um, I can see faces. Um, I can see Blaine's face because he normally has his camera off. It's good seeing faces. Um, but up to this point, we're week four. So up to this point, we've seen Jesus walk on water. Uh, we've seen him heal the blind. We've seen him uh, heal the crippled, feeding the 5,000 people, and, and so on and so forth. So Jesus has performed m- many miracles, and now he's about to set up the pinnacle, the biggest miracle, um, I think, that he did. So we're going to look at a family specifically that Jesus loved. If you have a Bible, turn to John um, chapter 11. The, the stuff will be up here as well for all you lazy people. Um, it is the, if you're doing the, um, the Bible app, again, it's the ESV translation. And so uh, Jesus' friend, his really close friend, his name Lazarus, uh, he's, he's sick to the point of death. It says there in verse 1, um, now, a certain man named, uh, now a certain man was the Lazarus of Bethany. So, of course, Lazarus' sisters were Mary and Martha, and they were upset, and they sent word to Jesus, okay? And so we have there, uh, it says the village of Mary and her sister Martha. I guess my clicker's not going to work, so you've got to do it for me. Can you, so I'm going to read the verses, you've got to go down for me. It was Mary uh, who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. His brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed, pay attention to that, two days longer in the place where he was. And after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, I don't mean like 12 hours, like, you know, it's 24 hours a day, but like daylight time. Okay? If anyone walks through the day, he does not stumble because he, does, he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles. He stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I I go to awaken him. But the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken uh, of his death, but they thought that he meant uh, taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for you, I mean for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. So you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So remember Jesus, before this, he's going to be threatened to be stoned there in Jerusalem. Um, you can go back to the previous slide. Um, and so, uh, so he's there, he's been threatened in Jerusalem to be stoned to death. And then they left, and now he's about to go back to Jerusalem. And that's why Thomas made this statement. Uh, let's just all go so that we may die, because they're surely still mad at, this, at Jesus. They're probably going to try to kill him. Let's just go die with this guy. And so, 
Although Jesus cares for Lazarus, he, he waited. Um, so now you can go to that. Why this is not working in He waits doesn't make it in time to heal, to heal him. After all the I am statements that we've studied already, you would think that Jesus would heal his close friend, right? Why doesn't Jesus do um, what we expect him to do and, and hope for him to do? Look in verse 17. It says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about uh, two miles off. And so when Jesus arrived at Bethany here, you, you know, he arrived there for four days. Uh, he's, been, you know, he's been dead for how many days? Four days. He's been, there, he's been dead for four days. Graves, back then they were, they were a cave, they were a rock. Um, they were cut out in order to bury family members. So you had this big cave thing, you kind of cut up in a hole, you put some little slats in there, and that's where you bury your you know, family members. That's kind of like when Jesus um, was buried there in, in Joseph's tomb. They put that big rock in front of it, right? Remember that's part of the story? They roll that big rock in front. That's so people wouldn't come and steal the bodies or steal what was buried with them. So they would put this in front of That's what happened. So that's kind of what is happening here. So I don't know if you guys know much about the uh, topography and, and weather in, uh, in Jerusalem. It's, it's kind of similar to here. It's pretty, pretty dry, pretty hot. And so four days now. Homeboy's been cooking in this cave, right? So you can imagine it's probably not pleasant, right? I mean, just think about it. That's, that's just what happens. And so, all right, so we look at verse 8. So we have said 18, and many of them, oh, we went too far. And many of them, many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to, to console them concerning their brother. And so when, Jesus, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So in a hopeless situation, Martha runs toward Jesus. She had learned to be dependent upon him. Weeping at his feet, she looks at him in brokenness. You see there in verse 25. Uh, Verse 25. She said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes me, though he die, yet shall he live. Go to the next one there. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And he says, do you believe this? In verse 27, so she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So we see here that, that Mary responds with faith. So customary at the times of these, these funerals uh, and, and the graves in Jesus' day here, there, that there would be at least two flute players and a professional wailing woman to mourn. So somebody's job was to literally sit there and wail and cry loudly. <clears throat> that sounds like a pretty, pretty fun job. So that's what her job was. But we see there in John eleven thirty three, 33, um, it says, you know, that Jesus was deeply moved. Um, the word there for move more means like anger, outrage, emotional indignation, not like, you know, more buzzy kind of move. Jesus was not simply crying about the, the death of Lazarus. He knew, that he, he knew what he was about to do, right? Because he's like, I'm Jesus. I know I'm about to raise this dude from the dead, right? And so he knew what he was about to do. Um, but I think here Jesus is kind of looking, to, looking ahead to the cross and, and, and his death. Because Jesus' humanity was shown 
in this moment where you see there in that one verse it says Jesus wept. That's a verse people know and quote because it's two words. It's the easiest verse to memorize in scripture. It's two words, right? So in the original word, or in the original Greek, the word more closely um, resembles silently uh, crying compared to a loud crying out like that woman would be doing. So Jesus is not broken over the death of Lazarus, but the death, uh, that death is a result of sin. So he was, Jesus was literally broken, I think, over the effects of sin. Because when sin happened, when sin came into this world, it separated us from God. And I think that that's what breaks God's heart. Because Romans 6.23, it says that sin does bring death, right? It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So see there, John 11, go down to verse um, 41. John 11, 41, it says, So they took away the stone, it's probably smelled, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen, strips and his faith, face wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, Be, unbind him and let him go. And so here you have Jesus there. He's praying this prayer to God. You see there in that scripture he says, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying this prayer to God. You always hear me. I know you hear me. I'm saying these things so the people around me can hear me and hear and see that what I've said and what you're going to do match up. I'm saying these things so people know that you are the one who sent me. That is what, what you know, I'm doing the, the work that you sent me here to do. So Jesus has come, and because of, of Jesus, death has lost its grip. And so Jesus and death, you know, they're in opposition. You know, Jesus always wins, right? You can imagine, just kind of picture this story. Remember, I encourage you guys, when you read the Gospels especially, picture yourself in this story, picturing what's happening, what's taking place, and you kind of put yourself in this, this scene. Because Jesus stands before the grave, and he cries out, Lazarus, come out. And you kind of, you know, kind of notice Jesus specified who he was talking to. Because he says, Lazarus, come out. I can almost just see Jesus be like, come out. And everybody looks like Thriller video coming out and walking around, you know. I think he said one person. So not everybody kind of came out. And Jesus, um, in John 16, 33, I think it's the slide before this one. Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation or trials, troubles, whatever you want to call it. Um, but take heart, I have overcome the world. All right, so what does that mean to you? I think I think I encourage you guys to grieve towards God. I think in our life, in our society, um, busyness is a way that people cope with the pain of losing someone or something. Uh, we live in a culture that, that runs from pain. We don't typically like to uh, embrace pain. This past Saturday was the sixth anniversary uh, of my dad's death. That's, you know, it doesn't it's not, it's not easy. Um, then it's not easy now. This, you know, it's, it's a little easier, I think, as years go by. Um, but it's still not, not easy. I kind of I put together, I, I did a lot of woodworking for probably about four or five hours that day just to kind of take my mind off of it, you know. But most of us have experienced some kind of pain. Uh, so I, I want to encourage you to stop running and listen to God's heart. You know, many people find relief in working or school or drinking or depression or just giving up. Our culture tells us to push away pain. So instead of moving towards the healing of God, you know, I think we're drifting backwards away from healing. And so whereas Martha was grieving towards God, 
followers of Jesus, we, you know, we share an eternal hope that we can be like Martha here. Because times like these, they may test our faith. Because you have bitterness, maybe one thing you may do. I can't believe you allowed this, God. We have a foundation, you know, built upon sand and where the wind and, and rain comes, it crumbles. Maybe we react and we, we're bargaining with God. Okay, God, if you heal my family member, if you heal my friend, then I'm going to blank. You know, we, we attend church, we pray, we do all we can to get God to listen to us. We're like, God, okay, I'm going to do these good things if you do this good thing for me, right? Or we have to come to God in brokenness. We're hitting our knees before God and surrender to His will. Because it's resting our inability to handle the situation in His hands. In brokenness, God does not cast us out, but God carries us with His strength. Um, like I said, today is actually six years since I did my dad's funeral. Um, hands down, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. To actually officiate and do my dad's funeral. Um, it, was, it was intense. Um, there's no way I could have made through any of that without the strength that God gave me. Because I know who he is and who I am in him and the love that he has for me. And I know that this is not the end. This is not the last time that I'm going to see my dad. So I have that hope. You know? So I want you to understand that to never measure God's love for you based upon your health, based upon your circumstances or your comforts. Because his love is constant and his love is unending. God, he, he gives himself to you. So, the, so whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, don't measure God's love based on that. Because I promise you, he loves you perfectly. More than you could ever know, more than you could ever imagine. But also in times like this, when we're, we're grieving and having these things, it's, it's, it's good to connect in a community. Like I said, it's just good to see you guys Again, like I said, I've missed this terribly. I don't know if you guys have, um, maybe like four of you, but I, I've missed this a lot. But God never intended for us to walk through life alone. Because community is about being present. Um, there's a story of a girl who once lost her friend down the street. She told her mom that she's going to go comfort her friend's um, grieving mother. After an hour, she returned. So the, girl, the girl's mom asked her daughter, so what did you say? To make her feel better. And the girl said, nothing. Um, I just crawled in her lap and cried with her. The most important thing that we can do is to support each other. Uh, be present uh, when, when, when people are hurting. Uh, there have been times in my ministry where I was meeting with students and needed to offer advice and counseling. Um, and there have been times where I've just been an ear to listen when somebody needs somebody to listen to. People in your life need you to be present with them. Because there's a good chance some people may talk to me. There's a good chance more of your friends are probably going to talk to you than they will ever talk to me. They need people like you to just sit there and listen and just to be with them when they're going through some stuff. So look again at Jesus' words to Martha. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. That's it. It's changed everything. On his statement stands the entire foundation of the faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is preparing for the cross and ultimately his resurrection. And so a relationship with Jesus offers life instead of death. You guys need to smile because you guys look like death is hitting you right now. A relationship with Jesus offers us life instead of death. Jesus, the resurrection, that's what he says, and life conquered death completely for all time, forever and ever. You guys got this? I feel like some of y'all aren't kidding quite getting this. This is kind of a big deal. These disciples, they went from fearful men hiding while Jesus 
was, was put on the cross to world changers. You guys got this, right? Most of them hid. Like, this is like there's John, the youngest one there at the cross. Everybody else ran, tucked tail, and ran. And then became world changers. Even Peter denied Jesus three times. He was scared of a middle school girl, which I can't say I blame him. Because that's what he's, it says there. That's the girl that was talking to him was basically a junior high girl. And he twice said that one same girl wants somebody else. And twice that same girl was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyways, you know, after the resurrection, 10 of the remaining 11 disciples, not counting Judas, they all died a martyr's death. Only John didn't die a martyr's death. They died for their faith in Jesus. Peter so much loved God and, and, and Jesus, and he, when he was crucified, he said, I don't want to be crucified like my Savior Jesus. I want to be crucified upside down because I'm not worthy of dying the same way my Savior did. Thomas was ran through with a spear. You guys can see these stories and see what happened to these people because they, they died for their faith. So how do we explain this? That they no longer feared death because Jesus beat death. Um, one of my heroes of the faith um, passed away yesterday, Rabbi Zacharias. You guys check him out. On YouTube. It's incredible. It's going to blow your mind. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that he was not afraid of death. Um, because we have hope in Jesus. That's it. That's, that's how I was able to get through my dad's service. Because I have hope in Jesus. I don't have hope in me. I don't have hope in my family. I don't have hope in my friends. I have hope in Jesus, period. And my friends, my family, while they're good, they're not Jesus. I thought about this slide this past Sunday. That we focus on, a lot of times we focus on the, on the good things, but not the God things. That yes, my family is great. I love my family. But they don't give me hope for eternal life like only Jesus can, right? That makes sense? That sounds kind of mean, like I'm, like I'm hating my family. But that's not what I'm doing. My two kids, I have two of them. I don't like that in here now. But, you know, I, it's, I love you guys. But I have no hope in you for eternal life. <laughs> I finished sentence in eternal life, Leah. I finished my sentence. Don't laugh before I finish it. Right? Does that make sense, though, right? Did I hurt your feelings, Leah? That's a yes. Okay. All right. We'll talk about this when we get home. Um, Zach, did I hurt your feelings? Okay, good. He's my favorite man. Um, that may be true. Okay. Um, but one of the reasons that we are raised to new life is to do good works. Uh, last week, we watched the, uh, the Spring Break Mission Trip video together. Um, and we saw the lives that were changed in Waco. Um, if you've been on a mission trip before, you've seen those kind of things. If you've done things here in town, um, you know, your lives can be, you can change people. We're, we're made to do good works. You're not, we're not doing good works to be saved, but we're saved and that we can do good works because of that. So as a small group, I want you guys to think about this. What, are, what kind of impact could you all have as you serve together? We're going to probably try to do some kind of mission trip every spring break. Nothing huge, nothing dramatic, but something you guys can do and to serve. Um, I mean, I had a good time. Jordan, did you have a good time in Waco? I mean, Peyton was the other one. It was, we had a great time serving, and not just, you know, it wasn't about us. It was about these people who, you know, needed help. And we had our house. There were, I don't know how many other houses that were, we were being worked on to different things. We ministered to some lady that we didn't even, weren't even part of our ministry thing. You guys, we all, you know, prayed over her and gave her things. And it's, it's amazing to see what you guys can do. And that was like three days in Waco. You know, I, I, I truly believe in you guys that you can change the world. I'm not just saying that because like, that's my job to say that. But I truly believe that. I truly believe that you guys can, in fact, change this world. And no, no question about it. I, I believe in you guys. It's not just you. I believe in the God that's in you. 
So the question you need to ask is that first is, have you found that life in Jesus? Have you seen that hope? Do you have that hope that Jesus truly is who he says he is and is he your Messiah? And if you have found Jesus, are you living with hope towards life situations and pain? Because there will be pain. There's going to be trouble. So are you living in such a manner that whenever those things happen, that yeah, they may, be, they may hurt, but you have hope in the end. Because Jesus' resurrection is the foundation for us to have that hope. And if Jesus never rose from the dead, our faith is pointless. Our faith would be dead. Right? So our God, Jesus, he's no longer dead. He's alive. No other world religion can say this. You guys know that. Period. This is it. Jesus, only one that's alive. Still. It's kind of a big deal. He conquered death. He kicked Satan in the teeth on the way by. And we have a chance to have eternal life with God because of what he did for us on the cross. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. We have hope because this is not the end. God, thank you for this chance just again just to teach to see how that we have hope that um, our death is not the end, God, but we have a chance to spend eternity with you. And while we're here, I'm still alive, God. May we live in a manner that, that points people towards you, and that we live in a way that, that does good works to, uh, to point people towards you, God. I believe these kids are life changers. I believe they can and they will change the world because of who you are and what you're going to show them, what you're going to teach them. I pray for the next uh, 20 or so minutes of our small group time as they... Um, ask questions, just kind of chat, just to see how everybody's doing after all this, God, and just um, to reconnect in communities. God, and uh, I pray that uh, there's a little bit of just digging in a little bit deeper tonight uh, as they go to these uh, small groups, God. Shame I pray. Amen.